Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. We are the Who Dat Jedi, and I believe this is episode 106. And it's a special week in um, Who Dat Jedi land because as we are recording this, it is Fredo's birthday, and mine is Woo! a couple days from now. So, um, I'm closer Yay. to death than he is. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Happy escaping your mother's womb day, Fredo. Happy Liberation Day. There you go. Yes, to you in three days. And happy birthday to uh, Dave's brother, Dan, which confused a whole heck of a lot of people. Everybody thought it was Dave's <laughs> birthday today as well. Um, so couldn't name your brother like Tim or something, huh? Um, no, no. We're all DGs. The 70s. We're all yep. DGs, yeah. We all have names that start with D. <laughs> Dean, Diane, Deborah, David, Daniel. Man, we're all ANs in my family Alfredo, Abraham, Arturo, and Al. So, it was a 70s and 80s thing. We're Brian, Wendy, and Aaron. I got nothing. So, anyway, (laughs) um, so tonight we're going to be uh, uh, reviewing the uh, and commenting on the last uh, episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, And, uh, you know, guys, I have to say, this is uh, there's a line from the Big Bang Theory when Sheldon is. Um, at uh, Raj's house and Raj's sister makes chili and he says is there beans in it and she said well yeah he said well you know actual chili doesn't have beans in it and it goes on this whole and so anyway he's then he eats the chili goes hmm this is really good whatever it is that's kind of the way I feel about the book of Boba Fett it's like this is really good whatever it is I mean Ben Hart from uh, Star Wars Underworld he said one of the best things he said this has just been the best Star Wars he's seen mm-hmm get rid of the title it's just the best start so yeah this is, i'm really enjoying it whatever it is so um if you want to follow along we're gonna be skipping trivia tonight we got some new stuff to hit real quick um but um because we got we gotta get fredo on to his birthday celebrations so um because he can't you know he's getting older he can't stay up past nine um but uh if you want to get disney plus queued up skip the intro skip the recap and you'll see the vast most espa uh, city, whatever. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. but there, there's been some news dropped in like this last week. So we're just going to give you the headlines. You can research it on your own, dig deeper. Um, maybe just some instant reactions, real quick. But let's hit it. So to Fredo with the um, news. So right quick, first bit of news that dropped us. Uh, Rupert Friend was officially announced as playing the Grand Inquisitor in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, that's the role that we saw Jason Isaac's voice in season one of Rebels. So, so I don't know who I don't know who the actor that. is. That's me being ignorant, but I'm really excited that the Grand Inquisitor is in it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next bit of news that they announced was they officially confirmed Obi-Wan Kenobi, six episodes. First one begins streaming May 25th this year and i'm going to be in disney world at that point so i wonder if there will be something special or i can just make it special <laughs> isn't celebration a month prior yeah i think so or it's early may so i imagine yeah i imagine they're gonna hit big time on the kenobi uh ramp up for that event so uh, next bit of news was the, that they uh, confirm. I was going to ask, what's the over under on how many hello there's we get in the series? Hello there. I hope we get none. I'll put it at... Hello there. 
<laughs> I would say but I'll put it at like two and a half as an over under line. Two Actually, maybe half. two, maybe two. Yeah. yeah. Two, yeah, two. You get two? two two and a half. He's gonna say hello and then he's gonna get like lamb blasted by something. So Hello? Or force choked. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, speaking about that, they also did say it was announced, well, not announced, but it was uh, reported that the, regarding Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi, the quote was, think of him more like the Darth Vader in, a ro- in Rogue One. He's angrier, but angrier. So, again, this is a few years post Revenge of the Sith. He is supposed to be much more angrier than I think we've ever seen him. Yeah, like I said, I see, last- I see him as Dr. Claw behind the desk and, like, mad at his bungling Inquisitors. So, anyway. <laughs> well, you would think, like, okay, so he's supposed to be... Didn't they make a report on... Somebody said they saw Darth Vader's desk. It was, like, I think from the Obi-Wan show. Am I making that up? Anyway, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. I don't know, but I was I thinking I'm thinking the hint of him being more like he was in Rogue One makes me think we're going to get some Vader action of some kind. Um, whether it's mowing down rebels or what what it, whatever it is. Um, of course, everybody's been wondering if the what's, duel will what's, happen. What's the over under when his Inquisitors, uh, you know, screw things up that he's going to go no. Zero. Uh, like, you, that, that, yeah. yeah. I think they learned yeah, their if lessons. Ever, if you ever played Jedi Fallen Order, you know that he rules the Inquisitors with fear, which it, to me would suggest that we're going to see him, we're going to see the follow-through with the Jedi Purge. We're going to see them hunting Jedi, and the idea is he's tracking still Kenobi. He wants to find him. He knows it. He's out there and he won't rest, so it'll be interesting. Uh, final bit of news before we get started with uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, the next show after that, apparently, well, coming soon, is going to be Ahsoka's uh, show, which apparently is going to begin filming this April. Uh, I believe the uh, the working title is Stormcrow. And, uh, that has to be. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's to, the code, that's the code name. It. That's the code name, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's but, the uh, call it the working title, kind of like Blue Harvest. And also, Blue Harvest. Um, you know, Bad Batch is supposed to be released spring of 22. Um, and mm-hmm. I saw another report that there's like something else going that's been not announced uh, on the release schedule that is uh, going to start shooting Star Wars. soon. So, yeah, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so tons of stuff. So, ooh. One of the things about uh, the Ahsoka series I th- that I read was that it's it's bumped. It's not maybe not bumped by Mandalorian season three, but Mandalorian season three is still shoot wrapping up shooting into March, when I think they were expecting to be done by now. Yeah. So that's you know a potential another delay for season three of Mandalorian. So. What do you mean? It's already been going well, on. It's called the, episode... the last three episodes of Book of Boba Fett. So, uh... <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was going to say. Is given the, these last few episodes, I wonder how much of this series, the Book of Boba Fett, kind of got wrapped up into. Okay, we're starting 
both season three of Mandalorian. But no, we can't do that just yet. We're gonna finish this up because we're we got our star and our people all doing uh, wrapping up Book of Boba Fett first. Well, how about if we uh, hit play and wrap up Book of Boba Fett, and maybe we'll talk probably talk a little bit more about this. <clears throat> but uh, on the count of three, everybody hit play on Disney Plus. One, two, three. And uh, so yeah, we find ourselves in Mos Espa and. Uh, by the way, were you guys like surprised that Mos Espa is so large in the city? Given what we saw in Phantom Menace, I mean. Anyway, I guess I just didn't have enough context well, no, because, to yeah. know either way. So we're yeah. uh, anybody find uh, uh, Max Rebo's burnt corpse on the floor here as we're surveying the damage of the explosion. Um, no, he got away. All all the reaction videos were like the exact same thing that we were talking about last week. It was like there, it looks like he had the night off because he's nowhere to be seen there. Um, so, in Star Wars, if you don't see him die, they didn't die. So, especially Max Rebo. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say. Um, so my wife. Uh, mentioned this and i agree with her this episode we finally got some fennec shand interesting interactions and wish that this would have been more throughout the series it seemed like she was more of the you know exposition piece and but but we actually got more of her it was just more interesting it was more involved i don't know did you guys was that did that strike you as well i think i noted that the street punks uh were similar for me like uh we've gotten like next to nothing on the street punks and they they tried to imbue them with a little more personality and a little bit more pathos in this particular episode so that was good to see as well better better late than never i guess sorry fredo go yeah, no, no, no. I think that's part of where the last couple of episodes going away from their story, from Boba's story, Fennec's story, the Mod story, to focus, to bring us back into where uh, Din Djarin has been, kind of creates a conflict for the way that it was written and presented, because we should have gotten to know them better. We should have gotten more Fennec Shan, more of the Mods. Now, Look, that's that's tough to uh, criticize when everybody's reaction to the last couple of episodes has been that this is amazing. So, but story was, yeah, we should have gotten more of Fennec being a key ally for Boba Fett, and more of the mods showing that they can actually be a a realist, a real uh, element of a uh, action and enforcement for Boba. You know, and the other thing with that interaction with the mods. Um... <clears throat> is that I realized that um, because Boba Fett's saying, we go, let's go back to the palace. It's safer there. And they're like, no, we're, you know, if you want to go run and hide, go run and hide. Boba Fett is realizing, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's like in any job interview, they'll ask you, what kind of leader are you? And generally a good leader is one that recognizes I'm going to be the kind of leader that people need, not what they want, but what they need. And what they need is somebody at this point <clears throat> to, you know, to, to stand with them and to, and so 
it's just it's just funny you see his his initial reaction and then he he will shift you know to um to meet the needs of the people he's leading um cad bane looks better here by the way i'm sorry go ahead yeah i was gonna just gonna switch to cad bane i i think it's really i'm gonna be really interested to see like in the kind of behind the scenes stuff like how many of these characters are practical like puppeted Mm -hmm. um because it i'm pretty sure they all are um but yeah cad bane's a little more effective i like the way he moves around he sort of shuffles very slowly showing that that sign of age because mm-hmm. he's freaking right. old at this point and, yeah. they, and they reference that later in the episode um well you mentioned that, that you know yeah. are they puppets and remember in the force awakens uncar plot was a was a puppet but then they well, animated the mouth you know digitally and i think that's what they're mm-hmm. doing and i I th- it's it, the thing that's been throwing me off with Cad Bane these last two episodes is that the how, ma- how much teeth they show, because like mm-hmm. when you're in the Clone Wars, you didn't see a whole lot of teeth, and maybe I'm missing yeah. the maybe I'm missing the toothpick as mm-hmm. well. No, he's the, more like sh- a shark with the with the mm-hmm. teeth protruding and trying to. I think they tried to scary him up a little bit, maybe for live action. I don't know. And an yeah. X-wing with a familiar a- astromech. Did you think Luke, to make a delivery? Did, did you think Luke was going to be joining the fight? I, I did really it didn't. first for for a few seconds. I did, but then I sort of was like, "No, he probably just sent him." Which right which makes yeah no no yeah I didn't just because I was like we've seen that already we saw that at the end of season two of Mandalorian so it's like if Luke shows up to just deliver Grogu and here he is gonna use his lightsaber and his position as a Jedi Knight to help Boba Fett, while it would have been interesting to see their interaction together, it really would have taken a lot of the uh, the energy and, and the threat that the Pikes are presenting to Boba Fett out of the equation, because the Jedi, the ultimate wild card, it doesn't matter how many uh, foot soldiers or droids they would have gotten, Luke Skywalker would have been Okay, I can take on them all. It's not a problem. So it doesn't create any kind of sense of danger for the episode. And you needed that sense of danger in order for all the other elements that happened during the fight to pay off emotionally. You know, what we're going to end up seeing, of course, we're getting our reunion with Grogu here um, mm-hmm. with him and Amos. Um And we're going to see with him what this choice means really and and because like in theory like he's not supposed to be running around using jedi powers now um we can't train you it's too dangerous well what 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 would you call someone who's running around waving his hand around uh you know impacting the environment around them through the force you know like that's that's a danger to the people around you so it's like it's really going to be sort of interesting to see them wrestle with that issue. And we see some of that in this episode as well. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back right quick to kind of what you were saying about the mods and uh, to stay in Mosas as opposed to truckling back towards Jabba's palace. It's going to become part and parcel. I mean, Star Wars are always stories about forming families, forming family groups, people coming together. 
this is part of Boba Fett in some ways becoming the dad figure for Mos Espa and its people and the coterie of individuals that he's brought along with him. Uh, and that's part of the process. It's not like he's taking responsibility for what's going to happen to all these folks and he can't just simply jetpack away like Cad, Cad Bane's going to tell him to do. So uh, speaking of Cad Bane, I want to back up to last week's episode. One thing that bothered me was in the standoff with Cobb Vanth. He says Boba Fett was a cold bro- is a cold-blooded killer who worked for the Empire. And he said it with such a snarl. There's, okay, there is a story there to be told. You know, what happened? Because, I mean, you know, we there's the whole, uh, you know, unreleased episode of the Clone Wars where, you know, it's told that Cad Bane's the one that gives the dent to Boba Fett's helmet because they have a showdown. Um, have you guys seen that those animatics? Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to send it to you, Fredo. It's it's really it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really rough, but it just gives you the whole. Like I said, they have a showdown, and um, but there is something that happened because of the way he he snarls that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, be, no, because it's interesting because we saw Cat Bane through the majority of the uh, Clone Wars work for the Separatists, or I mean, he's a bounty hunter. You're paying him. He does the job. You know, outside of the one appearance in the Bad Batch, I don't even think he was necessarily working for the Empire. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting question for independent contractors, to put it that way, for guys like Cat Bane, Fennec Shand, you know, Bosk, and uh, others as to whether or not they would take the Empire's money. All right, guys. So we have to own up to our to any of our hot takes or wants and anything like that. And I'm going to say, first of all, I did say I wanted to see Cad Bane and I got to see Cad Bane. So I was happy, but I'm going to admit my hot takes. I said there was going to be, um, uh, Kira. And I also said there was going to be Omega and both, neither of those panned out. Um, Dave, I think you had a hot take or a want that didn't pan out either that thought was going to happen, but, never did we didn't see bosk oh <laughs> we didn't see bosk they've been teasing him i swear like i know, was waiting like, for somebody just to name drop one of the trandoshans in the in these episodes like hey bosk shut up you know or something like that yeah he said it that's him but um <clears throat> nope Nope, no Bosk. Yeah. So I feel like we um, we all predicted the post credit scene, I think. I will say that. Yeah. I will give us credit for that because we were all pretty much like, yeah, that's 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 what's going to happen with him. Um, including the whole the mod way, aspect of that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, first of all, you're right, because we've seen it before, so we know it can work. But also, I just love this, not only the interaction between Cat Bane and Boba here, but also, I mean, this is straight up Western, Star Wars leading into its Western elements, because this is not, real not Bravo. Leaning, this is stepping Red knee River. deep into it. It's awesome. Mm. I mean, they didn't lean. They mm-hmm. just stepped, like, all yeah. the way in. They jumped in it, yeah. This is, if you've ever seen stuff like Rio Bravo, you know, 
where it's, oh, we're defending one position and we're going to get overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting. Because Cat Bane knows Boba Fett before everybody knew Boba Fett, he knows what buttons to push. And the button to push with Boba is the fact that he's been alone for so long, that he got his daddy got killed and he got left behind, behind that he lost now he lost his Tuscan tribe. He's trying to see if he can go with him into a fight that he knows he can beat him at. Yeah, and um it it were it really works on that level. And again, the whole Western motif here is like this is the sort of thing ever since Mandalorian debuted, I've been almost begging for. And it took them two two three seasons worth of, of this material to finally get to that point where we're like, all right, now we're knee deep in gunfights. That's where we're at now. All right. Um, so, uh, and they held that much restraint, and I'm just so impressed with that. Because a lot it of it helps that it's on Tatooine. Because a lot of this episode is going to be just a, a big shoot 'em up in Mos Espa. Um, I want to dive mm-hmm. into something here. Um, so I've seen on Twitter and um, in listening to some other podcasts that a lot of, and some of my friends on Facebook as well um, really want Robert Rodriguez to go to confession and atone for what he has done in the episodes that he directed specifically this one. Um, and I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, I will say that the, I mean, this, this series has been a jumbled almost mess. I mean, if, if there's ever been any star Wars where it's like somebody has been playing with their, it, well, it's like Aaron playing with the star Wars toys. It's this, you know, I mean, the story makes sense in my head, but you know, when you put it on film, but anyway, did I mean? Did you see anything in this episode that made you like question the? I mean, the directorial, um, you know, perspective. Like, I mean, because it was Favreau who wrote it, and mm-hmm. Rodriguez who directed. And boy, are people coming after him! I'm surprised to hear that because it. I mean, in terms of directing, this is. It looks. I'll say this much. It looks like this is the episode where they spent the most money. They special effects wise sets wise customs wise makeup wise this is the episode where they really said we gotta land this one so and they do and again leaning it you know diving into those western motifs whether it's the Camorian guards at the train station which is something pulled out of Sergio Leone or it's the mods getting jumped or Crescent and uh, right now facing all the transgressors that, that are coming at him you know that's all you know He's, we're going to get a lot of slow motion. We're going to get a lot of, you know, different camera angles. We're going to get a lot here. So I'm surprised to hear that people are having issues with this episode in that way. I think, like, some of the choices are very stylized. Um, there's a, there's a um, mm-hmm. GIF making the rounds where, you know, like one of the cyberpunks does this unnecessary spin and then he pulls his gun and, and fires. And it's like... Yeah, no, like you wouldn't do that. You would get shot in the back, you know. Um, there's little, there's a little stylistic flourishes like that. Um, I think the speeder bike stuff is more effective than the stuff we complained about previously. Mm-hmm. I it still, is. I still have a complaint. There's a couple of, <laughs> there's a couple of areas that are rough. It, um, I, I mean, I would say, and I'll point it out when we get there. But that was my, I, 
my instant thought when I saw this is like, why does everything look so good until they show those dumb scooters? It just looks the <laughs> background. It doesn't fit with the background. It it's it. I mean, it's so obvious, like green screen type stuff. You know, um, everything else looks great except for when they're moving those damn scooters around. Um, What's interesting I'll, is the speaker work. The speeder work, though, when you see Fennec Shan get on a speeder, I'm re- referencing that one's that fine. in particular. That's yeah. and I'm. It's confusing because like that looks good. It looks good, and mm-hmm. then like you said, the, the you know the the little motorbikes when they're speeding around, they it still looks. God, a little, they just look like they just like the toys outside of a Piggly Wiggly. I mean, it's just like. Ugh. <laughs> Do you have a quarter, Mom? Yeah, right. It's, I need a quarter. Yeah, there's mom coming to the rescue. All the all the all the speeder bikes just look fine. Now, however, there is I think I want somebody to fact check me on this one. Um, But coming up here in a little bit, um, I think it's the first time that we ever see anybody write anything in Star Wars. Can you think of any time that anybody Hmm. has used a pen or pencil or anything to write on a physical? whatever that we're going because like you know when when boba fett it's coming up here where the uh you know bib fortuna or the mayor's major domo whatever his name is you know is getting him to you know write down his conditions um is there can you guys think of anything no no not off the top of my head i mean it's um yeah, no, normally it's stuff on data pads and whatnot. It's, you've never seen actually the physical act of writing. Usually they're writing, they're drawing. The first time I saw it, I was like, well, that's weird. But I mean, well, anyway, um, I love this interaction. Oh, I I think think in the... Go ahead, oh, Dave. Go, no, go ahead, Dave. Uh, well, the only thing I can think of is the cave drawings in um, the Clone Wars micro series. But again, like that's animated, and so it's a little different than seeing it in live action. Um, and we may not have even actually seen them drawing anything by hand. It was just the drawings were changing, if I remember correctly. It was a stylized thing. But anyway, I'm sorry, I got the cart before the horse because there's a great interaction between Boba Fett and um, Din Djarin here. When I mean, it's the it encompasses that, and it actually drops the the title you know in the name of honor um there i mean even though i think what this is communicating is neither one of them is technically a mandalorian at this you know but they it it being a mandalorian is about honor it's about code now it might you know Mm -hmm. depend there's different codes and creeds or whatnot um but you can say boba fett is an honorable person you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we've seen what's what's interesting is we've seen both of them rejected by people we know have been established as quote unquote true Mandalorians, whether it was Bo-Katan calling Boba out for being the son of Jango Fett or being a clone of Jango Fett, whether it's the armor saying you're no longer Mandalorian to Din Djarin. For removing his helmet so well i mean it's more about it's there's more than that but it's also about it's also put i mean 
we, we try to put everybody into boxes. I mean, I was raised Catholic, married mm-hmm. in the Lutheran church, went to an Episcopal church. Now I really don't go to a church, but I mean, but you know, but I still hold, even though I haven't been quote unquote Catholic for the better part of a quarter century, um, I still hold on to some of those Catholic sensibilities and ideals. Not, you know, not, mm-hmm. I mean, call me a cherry picker or whatever, or, you know, but so it's, you know, there are still things that even though Din Djarin's not a Mandalorian, he's still, he still follows the creed, you know, even though Boba Fett has never been a Mandalorian, I mean, kind of technically maybe, but, um, he has a, a similar creed. I mean, we're, it's like, it's like we have a Catholic and a Presbyterian talking here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's also, but it's also a question of how you define yourself versus how others define you. Right. To people like Bo-Katan or Night Owls, or maybe to the Armor and the Children of the Watch, Boba and Din are not Mandalorians. But we're seeing that it, to them, being Mandalorian is more than adhering to a specific set of guidelines or rules. You know, it's a lot like, you know, the, the way that you define yourself is more than just, oh, did you check all the marks, all the boxes on this application? Okay, you can call yourself one of us. No, it's more than that. And they're trying to embody the essence of being Mandalorian, even if other Mandalorians like, well, that's not what being a Mandalorian is all about. Like, they don't care. Right. They're going to do what they think is right. I think the Twi'lek here um, is very good at scene chewing. Um, mm-hmm. He's quite good in this role. And uh, he gives us a little comic relief later when things go really sideways with the firefight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I actually enjoyed him overall. This is the first time that I really enjoyed this character throughout the yeah. series. Um but I, well, you like seeing him twist kind of, a little, right? Like being put in this awkward position because he was such a sniveling. Yeah, little, he's such a weasel. You know, yeah, yeah. And now he's like out of his element, and he's having having to try to swim through this tar pit. And here is what everybody has wanted to see: Boba Fett and Din Djarin flying around on jetpacks, having uh, the high ground. Yeah, having the high ground. I mean, seriously, this is, I mean, this is what we did with our action figures, right? He's got a jetpack. Let's have him use it, you know? Mm-hmm. I am surprised, though, that they're being quite, yeah, that they just kind of stay in front of the door. I thought they'd be more mobile, but, you know, exactly. This is, is that, is you that came a, to see a shootout. But is that a limit of the um, volume? You you Could basically be. create one set piece and you're kind of you can't go running through the streets of Mos Espa. You gotta just kind of stay here. Um, but yeah, and we get it. We get to see you know fun uh, knee rockets and um, <laughs> you know all sorts of stuff. It's <laughs> yeah, shooting one way with a blaster, shooting another way with a knee rocket. You know, all kinds of fun stuff. The whistling, <laughs> but birds sorry, and... all the kind of stuff that you would do with your toys. The interplay is good too. Yeah, you know, the whole like they mm-hmm. just keep coming. Where are they coming from? <laughs> There's more. It's like they're multiplying. 
Meanwhile, they keep shooting this guy as he's falling down. And I'm like, that's a lot of shots for that guy. He's dead. And best car armor holds up pretty well, it um, looks like. Yeah, I guess talking back about the direction, I think like most of this works really well. Um, mm -hmm. This is the point of the episode, right? We were talking about like, well, how are you going to fit everything in the episode? Well, it's like, well, they kept K-I-S-S, keep, keep it simple, stupid. And it was just, mm -hmm. we're just going to action it up. Um, and we're not going to try to throw any new reveals at you or anything else. We're just going to resolve this with our guns. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to their credit, it, it mostly works. This is mostly well done stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and here's what's interesting is we know that from the characters that a certain element of preference towards this kind of resolution is more inherent than talking stuff out. Mm -hmm. So, and that if, and in some instances, the issues that they got on the table, meaning who's going to run Mosespa, who's going to run Tatooine, will the spice streaks be allowed to go, are not going to get resolved by sitting down and talking about it because the pikes are criminals and they're not going to uh, just walk away from all their profits. So therefore, the only solution is going to be violence. Now we got an important. Oh, there's a there's the spin. Go ahead, Fredo. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. No, no. I was gonna say, was that the uh, mod, the bike, the the moped spinning uh, moment? Oh, well, the moped was... spin happened, but then this guy with the with the eye thing, he does this like little twirl at some point, which he looks like a ballerina. So we we got an interesting uh, a, a little tidbit from the um uh from the bar the, the <laughs> Sorry, bartender Christmas. yeah we got an interesting <laughs> thing from the bartender who who confirms that Cobb vanth got gunned down in cold blood and so is for i mean mm -hmm. basically been confirmed to us that he's dead even though he got shot in the shoulder um but um post-credit scene we'll talk about that later but yeah, uh, Santo here is like, he takes a beating in this whole show. I, there was about <laughs> five different times I thought he was dead. Um, yeah, yeah, I had the same reaction. I'm like, man, he's the one that's just taking it. It's just like getting shot <laughs> over and over you and know, over. Here's the thing. Okay, think about, we've only ever seen, I guess maybe on Hoth you see on occasion you will see some rebel troopers you know get shot but it's really i mean the this series has been extremely violent and it only gets worse mm -hmm. towards the end of the episode i mean we see i mean first of all we had the gamorian guards get not just suggested that they got thrown off the cliff we see <laughs> them fall off the cliff you know, and then let's just fast. You know, we're seeing Santo getting shot all over the place and Mando and Boba Fett, even though they're in armor. Um, and then we'll talk about Cad Bane and Boba Fett a little bit later. But this is, I mean, what do you guys think about Star Wars up in the violence uh, quotient here? I'm fine with it here because, again, the characters who we got present, we got bounty hunters. We got gangsters, we got drug kingpings, we got, you know, guns for hire. Their stories are not solved with nice pleasantries. They're not Jedi. They're not suddenly in this in a acrobatic and you know noble way. They're gonna be 
very much it's it's very much a story of criminals and criminals going to be violent towards their enemies and not only and, that well the other thing that i see go ahead. i was going to add to that which is that the setting too like the where the, mm -hmm. the old west this is tattooing with the you know with the dirt everywhere but it's it's the old west is that's what it is and and the frontier is wild and crazy there is no law there so they are of course yeah, but, going to resolve but I guess things my, in this way i mean my 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 thing is is that i mean there's always been violence in star wars but it's always been a little bit more tame a little bit more suggested a little bit more uh, fantasy like because okay you're a mm -hmm. lightsaber cut in india is not like you know you know getting your head lopped off you know with an axe a real a real something a real world thing we're i mean we're mm -hmm. we're, we're gonna see you know the mayor of mos Espa strung up we're gonna see you know i mean it, there's we're seeing people get shot you know like the, the wookie getting you know a lot of laser bolts hitting into them i'm just saying i mean i don't know it, it's no they've, they've, no, no, they've you're right upped, you're right they've, it's they've upped the graphic violence as far as star wars is concerned yeah and uh, but that's also Go back to kind of what I said a few weeks back that this would be the greatest Star Wars story probably would get. It works because this is Boba's story, more or less. So, therefore, it should be. It, this can't be uh, a story like Obi-Wan Kenobi should be, for example. Because Obi-Wan Kenobi is not going to be looking for violence or, or a shootout or a duel as a, the resolution of his problems. Two now, things. Oh, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. Finish mm -hmm. that. No, I was just going to finish, just to kind of go on with uh, Aaron's, uh, I mean, Aaron's, I'm sorry, Dave's always motif. This is, you know, the two big spider tanks, uh, droids showing up right now. This is when in the Null Western, somebody shows up with a Gatling gun. Or in Wild Wild starts, West, when you know, the big spider shows exactly. up. Um, yes. Which, by the way, this is... Uh, Tom Peterson. These, these droids mm -hmm. are unused uh, concepts from the Clone Wars, or from Attack of the Clones, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of cool. And you guys will get a kick out of this. Anytime I see something like this in, in movies, it's like kids watch because they're showing you how to beat the boss when the video game comes out. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're also showing you what the the best new Lego set is going to be. Right. <laughs> Come on, kids. Ask for your parents for it before Christmas. But it's but it's it's an it's an up again. It's an upping the ante on the stakes. It's oh they've been between the mods and Boba and Din and the uh, the people of Freetown. They had they're strong enough to put fight the Pikes. Well, the Pikes got money. The pike's got. Oh, here's uh, the spin. Uh... Yeah, that Sorry. was dumb. That was dumb. Yeah. That was the spin. <laughs> well, look, look. Let's be fair. Let's be fair here. When you see lightsaber duels, most of the twirling <laughs> of the lightsaber is yeah. useless. If this no, was a yeah. real straight-up yeah. duel, it would be like kendo, where you just be staring at one another. It'd be very much like uh, uh, episode four duel. This wouldn't be backflips and uh, twirls and whatnot and switching of hands with the weapon but we most, accept it because it looks cool most well most of that stuff just doesn't bother me it really doesn't mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just sort of poking fun because i saw mm -hmm. it online um yeah 
no, but I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah I'm laughing more at the people who took it seriously. I'm like, come on now. Yeah, we're in we're in a we're in fantasy land here. It's what this mm -hmm. is. This is fantasy. So now we're gonna get the uh, there's the uh, Grogu uh, Mando reunion, which was what you thought was gonna be the sweetest thing you've ever seen until later on in the episode. Um, but um, I'm just trying to figure out why she had Grogu like covered in a blanket. But, he might have fallen asleep. But whatever. Um, yeah, and by the way, this whole scene here, all I kept thinking was blazing saddles. Um, when they're in the when they're in the fake town of Rock Ridge, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot to say about this episode at this point because we're all just shooting at each other. Um, mm -hmm. The interesting stuff happens way, when uh, when you know Cad Bane comes back in. But anyway, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, do you know what the distance is between most most Aspa and most Eisley? I had to look it up because I was like, how long did it take Fennec Shan to go there? Do you know how long it is? I don't know. It seems no. like from New Orleans to Metairie, the way she gets there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it actually was a bit longer. It's more like towards Ben Rouge. Actually, according to the uh, the complete locations guide, it's about 84.6 miles between Moses by Mos Eisley. Okay. And we get the hug. He jumps into his arms. Oh, that's sweet. And realized mm -hmm. he's wearing the shirt, which I at then went to, oh, great. We're going to see Grogu get shot. Everybody's going to think he's dead, but the Beskar saves him. And that didn't happen. I don't know yeah. why they keep setting which, these things up, but. Um, well, they the subvert expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah you don't want to give them the, the exact thing that they think is going to happen. You give them something else. So they're surprised and delighted. And it still doesn't mean that it's not set up for some future episode where it could happen. Mm -hmm. But you know, because you've seen this, that he's wearing it. And by the way, I want to say again, I want to say again that the pit droids are awesome. The way they animated <laughs> the pit droids and all this, it's like those look incredible, but the stupid Piggly Wiggly scooters never look good. Anyway. Um, I think because they're supposed to have weight to them, that might be an issue. You know, you you know, whereas the pit droids, they, they're supposed to be like frail and kind of funky walking. I'm, and, ju I'm just talking about know. way they look in the scene, not the way mm -hmm. they necessarily mm -hmm. move. It's just they just it. it I don't know. Anyway, I'll, 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 I'll quit beating that. Mm -hmm. that no, 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 no. Um, but here now we're wondering what's going on. How many of you had Boba Fett coming a whomping into town riding a Rancor? I mean... I well, like, I'll say this, like, it did not escape my mind as a possibility, like, prior to ever coming to this point. I thought that it was very, I, I guess I wouldn't say like, maybe likely, like, and, more likely and, than not as a possibility. But I wasn't really thinking about this when and, it unfolded. And I am, I am here for every minute of the Rancor. It looks awesome. And it, it was mm so much fun and i was like if you kill the rancor i'm going to throw something right. at the tv but um by the way i was gonna say that what i love was his entrance which just screamed clash of the titans ray harryhausen to me just the way the hands come over 
onto the wall and he just climbs. And just, I'm like, you know, that that's just movie plastic movie monster moment right there before you switch over to the CGI uh, creature that's going to whoop, whoop and whoop on those droids. Well, the classic movie tropes, uh, we're going to get some King Kong later, which yeah. is like, my, and my kids were like, this is like King Kong. <laughs> I don't think any of them have ever even seen King Kong, but they know about it from watching it referenced in so many other works. And it's like, yeah, you know, very much. But I just, I just loved every bit of the rank or even like when he's uh, a little bit later, when he picks the guy up and shows him to Boba Fett so he can shoot him and then chucks it, you know, chucks another one. But what's also funny is that the Mandalorian, you know, Din Djarin keeps telling Grogu to just here, let me handle this. You stay safe, stay away till the fighting's done. And probably the most powerful person on the street right now is this little green guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But does he know how to use that power? That's, well, that's going to be, I think, a running question for season three of Mandalorian about his abilities and how comfortable he is in using them. He certainly I'm, I'm on... happy they're back together. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that's why this show works and why people love the show is because of these two characters and how they interact with one another. That's the whole point of it. And so to have them back together again before we ever get to season three, I think is, I think it's a good thing. I, I welcome it. I also think they do. I mean, they did a good job of showing that without Grogu, Din was kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, he wasn't, he tried going back on his old bounty hunter ways and that didn't work. He tried going back to the, his old plan that didn't work. So he's changed as a character, as a person. And that's for the better with Grogu. So the good thing is we could have gotten that episode to start off season three of Mandalorian, but in some ways I'm glad that we don't, that we already got that resolved because that means whatever comes next for them, it's going to be that them together going forward. So, all right, kids, I'm going to make a prediction because the HasLab Rancor failed to meet the, the quota, so it's not getting made. They're going to come back with it, but with a Boba Fett riding on top of it and that thing is going to make its quota and it's going to sell because that's that's just an awesome toy set waiting to happen is boba fett riding a rancor anyway i mean just just imagine a lego set of boba fett with the rank riding the rancor in a battle in mos espa <laughs> so what's crazy to me is the um artillery that the pikes bring to bear which is just basically just themselves with guns and these two giant fierce admittedly fierce uh droids um i like the design of the droid too like aaron you talked about how they were a rejected design from attack of the clones well when those shields pop on it's very that much is like droidicas of, yeah yeah you're like oh gosh i've seen droidicas from the prequels i know what that shield means i know that they're in trouble um Mm -hmm. but it's kind of interesting it's like they put all their eggs in that basket where the the with those it's i don't know it's like a drug dealer who's like he's got a tank and he's got nothing else (laughs) it's just the tank which 
I thought, well, okay, well, the, is the tank always practical? I mean, I don't know. Makes me. It makes me wonder if the if the pikes were just accustomed to getting by on numbers and intimidation. Meaning, mm -hmm. look, you can try to go to war with us, but we really do outnumber you. And most people, most other rivals knew better than to challenge that because they probably didn't have the numbers. The fact is, here you have ostracized kids, outcasts from Mosaspa. You have. Um, uh, people of Freetown who are looking to defend their place coming together, you know, they're not necessarily fighting because they want Boba Fett to be the daimyo Mosespa, but they're fighting for themselves. So it's a different fight that the Pikes have never gotten. All right, so I had a small uh, gripe with this sequence, which um, is when they turn their guns on the Rancor. Mm -hmm. And I don't mm -hmm. know that they made it clear enough why they would have done that because it, it, you're like, oh, he's on your side. You know, at least he had been. And so I'm wondering, again, I'm, I assume it's we've got to protect the town. There's a lot of innocent people around. He's destroying too much stuff. We're going to have to we're going to have to shoot. It. But they didn't really convey that sentiment. I didn't think super well. Yeah, that that element of. We, you know, without Boba riding him, mm -hmm. he's uncontrolled. He's on the loose. And, right. you know, he's a threat now. <laughs> Seriously, this one right here. Picks yeah. him up. Shows him. Shoots him. <laughs> throws him. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Everything they did with the Rancor was just awesome. And then you get the gobble, you know, from Return of the Jedi. Him eat like when he yep. ate. The we were all waiting for that moment too. We knew, you, you know, you're like, when is he going to eat somebody? And like, yep, there he goes. But then, okay, so yeah. my my little gripe here is how then Cad Bane just saunters out after all this stuff went down. I mean, uh, he knows, uh, he knows. Yeah, he's I like, know. I'm in boat. I'm in Boba's head. I mean, he knows. I'm like, I can, I can get you. To come down here and face me one on one, and I know I can win that fight. Um, and obviously that ultimately gets him killed. That that kind of confidence and arrogance. But um, yeah, and it's I, that idea. Mm -hmm. God, it's the idea that for his job is to you know help the Pikes keep tattooing. If Boba Fett's dead, job done. You know the the Pikes will ride off the droids. Will ride off the. Uh, the lost foot soldiers if the job gets done. And for Cat Bane, hey, you can go ahead and die as long as I achieve my mission, which is killing Boba. Two, but, two, but, by the way, go ahead. Well, I was going to say two things here. One, this looks more like Cad Bane because his eyes aren't wide open. They got, he's got, they got the slits going. Um, but two, he says a line here that is what I've been thinking this whole, this whole series. He says, one thing I can't figure is what is your angle? And that's the thing I've been trying to figure out. I've been waiting for even that was another hot take we had, or I, that, that there's going to be a big double cross at the end. You know, I, I mm -hmm. should say I had, um, but uh, Cad Bane was saying I think what a lot of us were thinking is like, what is your angle? Because that wasn't ever that was because never it, that was never clear, and we had no reason to trust Boba Fett. You know, to say I'm a good guy now. I mean. 
which is usually the hardest part for, for people when they make drastic life changes is for people who knew them from their own life don't quite recognize or respect or acknowledge true. that it's possible because they haven't done it you know people who live difficult lives and they make a line you know, or they make a switch to a different life all of a sudden they're like no this is really me trying to do this and that doesn't mean that my battle habits don't exist but it means i'm trying to do the best i can in a different element so I think ultimately the the life he lived on Tatooine changed him um, with the Tuscans post Sarlacc pit. Um, those things changed him, and that's what they're trying to convey. And um, again, to your point, Fredo, that's that's a very good point, which is that anytime somebody makes significant changes in their life, and then they encounter somebody from before times, and they want to pigeonhole you back into that role that they they created for you and a lot of people have trouble just like moving forward or moving off of that that they that they have this idea of you no i think it's really interesting that of all the bells and whistles that we're all geeking out over on boba fett's armor the knee rockets and everything else is that what does in cad bane is the traditional fighting weapon of the tuscans Mm-hmm. That was that was very that was very well done. Mm-hmm. And I love. I mean, it's again, it's a symbolism of the new life that Boba Fett found on Tatooine after he was left for dead. I love it's the a symbolism of the a speeder. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Come on. No, that's amazing, right? Like yeah, the action figure, like. He's just got a speeder in his hand. Yeah, and I'm look, I'm, I was going to grab my land speeder here. Like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, you you buy you buy the 20 foot inch uh, Rancor action figure with authentic throwing motion, and you put our speeder on it and you throw it. That's what, now, that's what you're doing. Now this whole this whole uh, sequence here of how we we get the Rancor to calm down. Everybody need to go watch Rebels and Ezra's. Um, I guess forte within the force was connecting with the natural force was being able to connect Mm -hmm. with creatures um and and grogu shows that here um and i don't know you know you're talking about it's you said something earlier dave you said you know that since he's now not going to be trained as a Jedi, he's not allowed to use force powers. I guess we've never seen that rule in star Wars. So I when I th- they talked about training is, is why. Well, they're saying I, that it's, it's, I mean, it, it's probably it's, best that we don't train him because it could become dangerous for him. It's not like he's not allowed to use, because, I but mean, it's counterintuitive to me because at the at the end of the day he has these powers he has the ability to to grow them and use them how he sees fit. Um, it's like go to uh, episode seven and see Ray and how all everyone's like, "Well, Mary Sue, right? Um, she's too powerful right away." You know, I was like, "Well, yeah, this stuff manifests for different people differently." Um, and Grogu's already really powerful with this stuff. Just love And this. so, like, now we're he's not doing things the exact way you want him to, so you're just going to say, well, I'm not going to train you anymore. Well, what good does that do to Grogu or the galaxy, is my question. 
And by the way, this is straight out of Bugs Bunny with uh, like the dog and the little kitten, you know, <laughs> goes and like sleeps on the dog's back and, you know, but again, I Puts just, the dog to sleep. yeah, I, I just can't get over how good that Rancor looks. It doesn't look like mm-hmm. a puppet. It doesn't, it, it just looks like it's an actual thing. I know they did CGI, but. But they did. You said it earlier, Fredo. They spent all their allowance on this episode. Mm-hmm. By the way, just kind of right quick going back to Cat Bane. Were you surprised that they did kill him off in this episode? Did they, you think it was going to go on? I, I, it makes sense because he is he is old, and um, but they're going that's they're going to use him in some other series that happens. Yeah, I would no, be like, I would not be a bit surprised if we don't see him in Kenobi or Cassian. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, I I think like they've like they've proven to themselves that he works in live action, so now you can see him in more live action that's set prior to this point in the timeline. Okay. Seriously. So, but yeah, yeah, but like it is weird. Like he shows up an episode ago and then they kill him an episode later. It's like, well Grogu we... snuggling up to the Rancor. Aww. <laughs> we barely knew Puppy. you. You know, babe kids sleeping with their puppies. Come on now. And then she has to say, well I guess there's not gonna be a barbecue. Because apparently they were expecting to have Rancor meat that night. So, <laughs> but uh, what is it, Ronto Roasters? Ronto Roasters, yeah. <laughs> so okay, All this, right, here we this, go. this scene, this scene was like, again, I was like, holy crud, through this one, because, and. Yeah, if you're if you're not watching with us, this is the scene where all the people who double cross Boba Fett are in one convenient location, right? So that Fennec Shand can mow them all down all at once. And and like I said, it's so. How's this all start? We get some get shot. Um, the mayor gets hung. It's like Batman's there for a while, but of course. <laughs> When we're introduced to Fennec Chan back in The Mandalorian, it's, you know, season one, it was, you know, she is an assassin. Brutal She's assassin. got a massive prize because of her skills. Um, there you go. Bye, Mayor. Crunch. I mean, to see his, his, and it's not like he just gets hauled up. His feet are dangling. I mean, he, <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, it's more like, this is more a Wolverine scene or, you know, our Punisher yeah. scene than it is yeah. than it is uh, Star Wars. But again, these are the characters that are in this story. Fennec Shand would be more at home, you know, if this was the Marvel Cinematic Universe taking on the Punisher or Daredevil. You know, she wouldn't necessarily be taking on Spider-Man or the X-Men. I love that she like runs out of there too. So she's like, well, I'm not going to yeah. hang out here with all these dead Some bodies. dead people here. <laughs> Number dead people here. Why want to be here? Yeah. So now, she, I uh, mean, obviously, I don't want to be tied to it either. I'm sure. Yeah. Now the citizens of Rock Ridge all uh, appreciate their marshal and uh, or their their leader, um, and we get a very. Con- it's kind of interesting. She said, "Do you need to go get in the back to tank?" And he says, "Oh, it's being used." Um, mm-hmm. I kind of thought it was we were talking about. Chrysanthemum, because he mentions you 
It's gonna. Yeah. He offers. Yeah, to he, give, he offers comment. to give the Wookiee a bath, and it's like you know, it's like got a little awkward there for Star Wars. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's being the back to take. Yeah, you being you probably used. have to wash it out afterwards, really bad, to get all the hair out. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like bathing your dog in the bathtub afterwards. You're like, come on. So. Now. Okay, so we can get there. Let's talk about this post-credit scene and what what we think is going on. And I thought the most interesting, I was not expecting element to this whole series were the mods. We've never heard of them in Star Wars, at least not that I know of. And um, it's also we said this how brought Fennec Shan back, and now you know at the end it was Cobb Vanth in the back to tank, and then the the bass playing, you know chief mod whatever um he's getting ready to do some work is this a is this a new thing that we're we're going to have more stories about this segment of star wars lore that's been introduced well that's just said we've we've had half man quote half man half machine characters prior to this we've had whether it was darth vader darth maul and Clone Wars. Yeah, but now they're now it's a uh, club. Now it's a club. It's like a it's mm-hmm. like a way of life type of a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just it's not just a rare villain like Grievous who's a droid with some organic parts. It's people choosing to augment and mod themselves. It's an interesting new dynamic because we hadn't seen it before. You're right, not to this level. They allude to it in one of the novels. I'm gonna say last shot. They talked about some of that going on where people were um, modifying intentionally and it was um, it was just kind of an interesting storyline to go down. And so now they've they've sort of cemented that in live action now. And and uh, I imagine we will see more of that. And um, They didn't get into the philosophy of it at all. Uh, they just sort of showed it like here's a thing that goes on um but they didn't really address you know the morality of it or you know is some of this um skirting issues of humanity when you actually literally take away someone a piece of someone uh, that was something that lucas was always really interested in with the character of mm-hmm. vader um he's like he's uh, twisted and evil now more machine than man um, and that was very deliberate choice on Lucas's part. And he talked about how he's talked about how Vader had less midi chlorines. So like to use the M word, sorry, everybody, but like uh, now he's less in touch with the force. He's less powerful than he was before, but literally because he had limbs lopped off. Um, so like, there's a lot of sort of philosophical, interesting deep dives you could do with, all of that stuff. Um, but it, it looks like it's here to stay. We may get more and more of it. So what'd you, what'd you think of the scene itself? The thing that struck me was like, this was straight out of a Marvel playbook for a post credit scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Straight out of a Marvel yeah. playbook. Well, it, it, it shows you the character did not die or we're not expecting him to die because he's in a back to tank and he's going to get modded. So you suspect that he's going to get the same treatment that Fennec Shan did. Uh, it's going to create a new dynamic regarding death, at least as we know it on Tatooine. Because, you know, he gets, you know, Fennec Shan gets shot, left for dead. Boba finds her, brings her to the mods. They bring her back to life. Now they're going to do the same thing with Cobb Vanth. 
I wonder how that will shift the dynamic regarding the finality of characters. Because at yeah. one moment, I'm like, well, could you not do the same for Cad Bane? So, um, nobody it, wanted to. Couple of, <laughs> let's let's Droid did. Before before we let Fredo go uh, celebrate his birthday, um, let's one more question for you. What of any of this are we going to see? We kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, I said maybe we'll see Cad Bane in Kenobi um, or Cassian. But since Kenobi is obviously the next live action one we got coming up, um, unless they're going to surprise us with in the next week or so with another series. Um, but do you think we will see Boba Fett or, um, oh, we could, we could see Fennec Shand could mm-hmm. shoehorn her into Kenobi somehow. She's in this timeline. Um, there, if I'm mean, placing if I'm placing bets, I'd say Boba Fett's the likeliest candidate, um, just because of that line that you referenced from uh, um, his. Uh, now I'm blanking on the dude's Cad name. Ba- Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Yeah. Cold blooded um, killer who worked for the Empire. Yeah. Exactly. And like you said, I think there's more to that story. And they you may, can they and may you can not do give it, it to us. You can do it with. Uh, Tamara Morrison's voice and not have to take off the helmet and see old Tamara Morrison. Right. So, you right. know, we've just gotten a bunch of Boba Fett with his helmet off. You can have now mm-hmm. every time he shows up, he's in his helmet and do it just. With oh yeah. Voice. And it could just be like this cameo. It couldn't even be, they, they may mm-hmm. not even show the full breadth of what he was doing. And I guess I, what I'd be curious to see too, is if they decide to do more Boba Fett, like centric, content Mm -hmm. depending on how popular this was and everything else it's like are they going to do more quote book of boba fett too um because i think like there's so much from that time of his life that we still have in mind at all um and i'm still really curious about um i don't know it'd be it'd be interesting to see what what about uh ahsoka are we going to see ahsoka in the kenobi series maybe now the interesting thing is uh depending i mean you would have to get a young may have to get a younger actress for the ahsoka and kenobi because i don't know how the look wise because we recognize uh rosario dawson as ahsoka because of the characters we saw in rebels yeah but that was a more mature grown-up character i think that's one of the advantages of boba fett in kenobi it's you can cast a young actor have tomorrow morrison dub his lines you're good to go so you don't need to necessarily uh, go too much into the uh, de-aging machine like you did for Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Oh. So it's so it does allow for that. I do. I mean, part of me does wonder also if you because you could have say like a force connection or a hologram or some kind of way for them to speak. You know, kind of like okay, but you have a different image of of Ahsoka, you know, calling somewhere to speak to Obi Wan himself. There's ways to work around it if you wanted to have her in there. I do wonder how much of it they'll have if they would even want to, just because the relationship between Ahsoka and Obi-Wan is complex. And would they want to get into that in that series? Was this show a success? I, I don't I, I don't I don't think so. I I still think it was a hot mess that it it was well it was like um it was like eating Taco Bell at two o'clock in the morning. 
it was like all sorts of awesome and it was a good idea going into it and it's probably just not going to do much for you at the end of the day. I don't think it propelled and I, I just, I, I, I just think it was too disorganized, um, to be, yeah, to I call it a success. Um, we know more about Boba Fett, but I don't know if I, if he propelled the overall star Wars story any. Yeah. Overall, I would say the, sh- the book of Boba Fett was too messy, too disjointed. There were a lot of parts that really worked. I mean, I think, I think it had a stronger finish than a start. Uh, but at the same time, it's it, there is some. It's kind of like a, an album full of good songs, but they're not put in the right order, so it doesn't necessarily take you on a journey. It doesn't hit you on the highs and the lows as it's supposed to. Uh, I like where it ended up. I like that, you know, the what we got to see. I just do wonder if it, they could have taken another pass at it and made it either more streamlined and, you know work more fluidly and that's that seems to be the challenge for disney plus with its stories it's like there's a lot of setup 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 and then bam we hit you with the big finale no don't get me wrong it's not that i disliked it again i it's still taco bell yeah it's still taco bell yeah i took like in the morning (laughs) i think i better call it a success because of of the idea that it pushed boundaries um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways like we saw a lot of star wars that we hadn't seen before um from the seedy underbelly stuff to some of the stylistic choices that we've talked about that for some people didn't work and for some other people did um i think we got we're... to explore different characters that we haven't gotten to speak spend time with there's barely any of the jedi hogging all the oxygen um you know, if I if I was asked, if we go back and I listen to our episode where we were like, well, this is what I want to see from this from this series, I'm I'm gonna guess that I'm that I got about what I wanted. You know, um, what one thing? My last comment on this is that it's obvious that a lot of R and D is going on right now. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. I mean, just. Maybe, and maybe that's why the storyline was so disjointed because it's like, hey, what if we just do like seven episodes and let's see what we can do with, you know, the volume. Let's see what we can do with creating some of these characters that like a Cad Bane. Let's see if we can, you know, I don't know. It's I, I, It just seems like they're trying some things out and, you know, instead of just like going with a story. I don't know. It, I don't know. Seems like there's a lot of R and D, and that's not a bad thing. I guess my one mob kind of like in terms of closing thought, I would just say, I still wonder if this would not have worked better as a two-hour movie, even if it just come out to Disney Plus. Hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the decisions made that they were going to make it a TV show because Disney Plus needs content, and it's a great way of getting. People committed for seven weeks. I always said it's, I'm going to have to save judgment. You just asked, was it a success? I'm going to answer that again after I go back now and watch all seven episodes and see if, and again, and now I know what's coming. So yes, it will make a little bit more sense, but it'll be easier to see if the lines were actually drawn 
Whereas like at the end of episode three, when we're go or just pick an episode where you're going, what the hell are they doing? Where are they going? See if there are mm-hmm. clues laid out along the way. It'll be interesting to see. So anyway, I suppose with that, should we let Fredo go blow out the candles and do it? All right. <laughs> so, um, if you if you like what you hear, tell somebody about us. Uh, you know, tell your friends about us. Tell them to go find our podcast wherever they can find podcasts. Um, bug us online. Let us know what you thought of the final episode of the Book of Boba Fett. And um, we didn't even talk about the new football coach, so we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, we will end just as always with who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And everybody have a wonderful, wonderful week. Ma